Well, welcome back to another episode of the Learn to Swing Trade, the Stock Market Podcast by the Discipline Trader Academy. I am your host, Brian Montez. Welcome to the year 2024. This is the first episode of the year. So I thought it'd be good as I as I record these podcasts, I'm trying to roll them out in such a manner that new traders will be able to um, listen to each episode and build upon it. So in this third episode, what I want to talk about are the rules for trading. Now, at the end of the day, as you develop your trading style, as you develop your skill set, you are going to have to come up with your own trading rules, right? But what we do is we start, um, I have trading rules that I've developed over the past 10 years that I've been trading. And, and so I'm going to share with you my rules. You can take some of them and use them. You can take all of them and use them. You can take none of them and use them. It's entirely up to you. But these are the rules that I follow. Um, and for very good reason, because typically when I tend to break these rules, uh, I tend to, to increase my losses or increase my chances of a loss. So the whole point of becoming a disciplined trader means that you have rules and that you follow those rules, because that is what separates disciplined traders and people that are able to consistently generate uh, profitable trades in the stock market uh, over people who can't. So all in all, I've got about 20 different rules that I utilize. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this up into two podcasts. Today, I'm going to talk about the first 10 rules that I, that I have created for myself. And in next week's episode, I will talk about the following 10 rules. So over two episodes, we will go over the 20 rules that I consider uh, my trading rules. So, all right, let's get into it. Rule number one, I use a stop loss on every single trade. So a stop loss, when, when looking at a trade setup, I am always looking for a reward to risk ratio. And that reward to risk ratio has to be a minimum of a two to one reward to risk ratio. If it's a one to one reward to risk ratio, it's not worth the risk. I'm not going to take a trade that's going to have a one to one. So I want to make sure that my reward is two times that of my potential risk. So a minimum of a two to one reward to risk ratio is what I look for on every trade. Once that is established, I have to have a stop loss. I have to know what my exit is, and I need to have this figured out long before I place the trade. So as I'm going through and charting my, my stock and, and charting the potential trade, I am looking for where my stop loss is going to sit. Now, stop losses should not be arbitrary because the market doesn't care about arbitrary stop losses. If you are swing trading and you are doing technical trading, you are going to want to determine your stop loss based on some type of technical stop, a break below support, a break above resistance, a break below a moving average if the stock's using the moving average as a stop, as support or resistance, uh, a break outside a trend line, a failure of a bull flag pattern, right? You are going to want to make sure that the stop loss that you choose is a technical stop loss. And once you've identified that stop loss, you want to make sure that it, it is within a respectable, that it, it helps you maintain your reward to risk ratio. If your stop loss is 8% on the trade, you know, potential loss of 8%, but you can only make 2 to 3%, well, then you're upside down on that reward to risk ratio. So I use every, I use a stop loss in every single trade. I identify the stop loss before placing the trade. And once I've placed the trade, I go in and set the stop loss order into the trade so that I do not have to worry about trying to trigger that stop loss manually in the heat of battle. Rule number two, 
I never hold a stock over earnings, not when swing trading. Okay. Earnings reports are playing earnings is gambling because we don't know what's going to happen at the outcome of that earnings report. I've seen companies report fabulous earnings and the stock still sells off because something is said in that analyst call that spooks, that spooks the market. Companies have also reported terrible earnings and their, their stock has skyrocketed. So we just don't know what's going to happen uh, during earnings reports. And it's really just way too much risk. There are so many examples that, um, that are out there about stocks tanking 18, 20, 30% um, at the earnings report. And that, that particular, when that happens, if you play over earnings and the stock, the trade goes against you, your stop loss isn't going to stop that uh, loss, right? A stop loss, once the stock blows past your stop loss, meaning that it, it opens up the next day, it gaps up or it gaps down, your stop loss basically is useless. You'll get taken out of the trade, but you'll get taken out of the trade at the value of the stock after it's open. So your stop loss will not be valid and the gap up or the gap down is going to kill you and you're going to lose 20, 30, 40%, whatever that move is when that stock opens up after earnings. So I personally never hold a stock through earnings, not for, not for swing trading. If you are doing long-term fundamental buy and hold, that's a different story. But for swing trading, my rule is I don't hold a stock through earnings. Rule number three, I do not trade within the first 30 minutes of the stock market opening. Now, if my ideal entry is triggered in the first 30 minutes of a trade setup, I still don't take the trade. Instead, I will enter the trade after the first 30 minutes on a break of the highs of the day, meaning that, you know, if the market is open strong and is rallying and having a, a strong push up, you'll still see it pull back a little bit throughout the day, most likely, you know, the potential. And you're looking for that sort of that break in the volume and the break in the momentum. Oftentimes it'll happen around uh, 8.30 Pacific, 11.30 Eastern is often when it'll happen. Um, because that's when, that's when lunch occurs. Um, all, most of the most of the traders go to lunch around 11:30 Eastern, and right after the European markets have closed. So, um, you know, I will I will still take that trade, but I'm looking to do it off the highs of the day. And the reason I do that is because it helps avoid any market fades that will initially get me into a trade, and then an immediate sell-off occurs. So, if I enter that trade within the first 30 minutes, and a massive market fade occurs, I'm going to get in and that market fade occurs and I'm immediately going backwards on the trade. I want to give the market the first 30 minutes to get, you know, all that, you know, all that initial options trading out of the way, all that, all that activity out of the way and, and allow the market to sort of get its general direction for the day. So that is rule number three. I do not trade in the first 30 minutes. Rule number four. I will pass on any trade setup that doesn't offer a solid reward to risk ratio. Again, I am always looking for a minimum of a two to one reward to risk ratio. Three to one is great. Four to one is even better, but two to one minimum before I'll even consider a trade thesis. Rule number five, at least once per day, I will review all of my trades to ensure I'm using the best possible stop losses on my current trade setup. So what does this mean? So if I get into a trade, and my trade just happens to go in the direction of profitability, right? If, I'm, if the trade's going in the right direction, 
I want to start looking at moving my stop loss up, right? Because once I'm profitable, there's no reason for me to become unprofitable. So as the trade progresses, and if it's going in the right direction, meaning I'm not losing on the trade, I want to make sure I'm reevaluating my stop losses and look if there's another technical stop loss that I can move that stop loss to to protect my profits. So at least once per day, I'm evaluating the chart, evaluating where the stock is at and, and making a, an attempt to move my stop loss up to another technical location so that I can keep that trade green. So that is my rule number five. Rule number six, as hard as this is, and there are times where I still want to do it because I'm human, I don't chase stocks. And I'm going to always use stop losses that are reasonable and realistic and technically based to try and improve a better reward to risk ratio on the trade. So stop losses, again, need to be based on technical stop losses, not arbitrary numbers. Saying that I only want to lose 4% on the trade doesn't matter because the market doesn't care how much I want to win or lose on the trade. And if the 4% number is arbitrary and there's no fundamental technical um, position under that on the chart, then that stop loss is irrelevant. So now the chasing stocks is also known as FOMO, fear of missing out. And it's very easy for us to do, especially if you follow Twitter or, or FinTwit or any of these other platforms where people are talking about all the money they're making on the stock and this and that. If you chase a stock, chances are you're going to get in it too late. I'll give you a great example. Today is a great example of Microsoft. Microsoft broke out today in a pattern. And a few other people that I talked to regularly throughout the trading day, they were already in Microsoft. They're like, yeah, Microsoft's breaking out. You know, I'm really, you know, this trade's really working out in the right direction. I wasn't in that trade. And by the time I looked at it, I could have gotten into it, but I would have been chasing the stock. The reward to risk ratio was already skewed. The, the risk was well past my tolerance. So I couldn't take the trade from that aspect, but I fought the FOMO. Part of me wanted to jump into Microsoft today and, and, and take a long position. And I fought that. I fought the desire. I fought the need to have FOMO because I would be getting in the trade too late and the chances of it succeeding for me were severely diminished. So you really have to get the mental strength and the mental fortitude to not have FOMO, fear of missing out. Rule number seven. Stop losses that use moving averages are going to be based on a close or likely close below that moving average and not simply because it was broken intraday. Now, the only way you're going to use a stop loss or a moving average of stop loss is if that stock has a history of using the moving average as support or resistance. If it doesn't, then there's no point in using the moving average. But if your candles are riding the five-day moving average or the 10-day moving average up and using the 10-day moving average as support, you can use that as a technical technical stop loss. Uh, same on the support side, right? If, you're, if your candle bodies on the daily chart are following your five-day moving average coming down, then you could utilize the, the moving average as resistance. If they're not following the moving averages, then you don't use them as a support resistance or a technical exit. But again, if it breaks it intraday, in my book, it doesn't matter, right? I'm looking to see if it closes above or below that moving average at the end of the day. I'm looking for the daily closed. So just because it's broken intraday doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to respond to it. 
Rule number eight, I personally do not trade individual biotech stocks. There is just way too much headline risk, right? You could wake up in the middle at 10 o'clock at night, the Food and Drug Administration could claim that a certain diabetes drug no longer works. And lo and behold, the next morning you wake up and that particular biotech company stock is down 20% on headline risk, i.e. news that was out of our control. Uh, another great example, and this is the reason why I don't trade Boeing, because Boeing is also subject to headline risk, right? Um, you know, I'm recording this on January 10th, 2024. Well, last weekend, uh, one of the pocket doors on a Boeing 737 Alaskan Airlines blew off after takeoff. I knew as soon as I heard that on the news that come Monday morning, Boeing stock was going to be down. There's just these headline risks that we simply cannot control. Now, can all stocks have headline risk? Absolutely. Just there are some industries and some businesses that are more, are higher, have a higher chance of a headline risk than others. Rule number nine, I, I trade using technical analysis that involves price and volume. Those really are the two key things that I utilize, price and volume, to make decisions on, on trading moves. So when you're charting, you have your technical analysis, you're drawing your support, you're drawing your resistance, and you're looking at price and volume. And price and volume also plays into whether or not I take a trade once the market is open. If, if something is really, really low volume for a day, I may hold off on that trade because, let's face it, in order for us to get momentum in a trade, there's got to be price, there's got to be volume, right? Price action dictates everything. Rule number 10 which is actually a sort of a repeat of rule number eight. I avoid headline risk where it can be reasonably avoided. So again, I am looking at, as I look at individual stocks that set themselves up for trade opportunity, I am also trying to take a look at whether or not headline risk could really impact the business. Meaning, you know, will there be some news-driven event that will be out of my control that is absolutely going to move the stock one way or another, uh, you know, significantly to a point that's going to blow well past my my stop loss and gap up or gap down and just really destroy destroy the trade and, and really hurt the portfolio. So I am looking as I as I do my stock scanner, I am looking to see um, the company and whether or not you know they could have an increased or they or if. They, let me see, how do I want to phrase this? If they are subject to higher headline risk, Boeing is a great example of this, right? I don't trade Boeing because you just don't know what's going to happen with the airplanes. And when something does happen, chances are um, it's going to have a negative effect on the stock, especially if the, um, especially if the, the situation that occurs creates a loss of life, um, you know, that, that impacts it even further. So I really look at headline risk and try to trade stocks where the opportunity for headline risk is lower. It can always happen. Always, always, always can happen. We can't eliminate it altogether, but if we can take a position in a stock that has a reduced chance of it, it uh, gives us a little bit more control over that particular, uh, particular stock. So those are my first 10 out of 20 rules for trading. Let's recap them real quick. One, I always use stop loss in every single trade. Two, I never hold a stock through earnings. Three, I don't trade in the first 30 minutes after the market is open. Four, I will pass on any trade setup that doesn't have a minimum two to one reward or risk ratio. Uh, rule number five, at least once a day, I review my trades and move my stop losses up accordingly uh, if, my, if the trade is profitable. 
Rule number six, I avoid FOMO. I fight FOMO. I don't chase stocks um, because that's how, how I will increase my chances of losing. Uh, rule number seven, stop losses that use moving averages. I will not um, make a decision on that if it's been broken intraday. I am looking for it to hold that stop loss uh, on the daily candle close. Rule number eight, I don't trade individual biotech stocks just due to too much headline risk. Um, when I trade using technical analysis, which is how you trade swing trade, um, I am making sure that I am looking at price and volume. Price action dictates uh, quite a bit of what we do. And rule number 10, I avoid headline risk where possible as I analyze a particular stock for a trade opportunity, especially if I've never traded that stock before in a swing trading atmosphere. So those are the first 10 out of 20 rules that uh, I tend to follow to try and improve my trading and make sure that I am a disciplined trader. Next week, we will get into the remaining 10 rules, which will give you a full set of 20 rules that you can use some, use all of them, use none of them. It's going to be entirely up to you. So that wraps up this week's edition of Learn to Swing Trade the Stock Market. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would like, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Um, I, I am looking to get as many comments and reviews in as possible so we can continue to improve this podcast and help beginning traders learn how to successfully swing trade in the stock market. And if you have somebody that you think would benefit from this, uh, from this podcast, grab the link. Text it over to them and say, hey, I just listened to this podcast on the rules to become a disciplined trader. I think you'd benefit from it. And share it with them so that we can reach as many new traders as possible. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's make sure you live to trade another day, another week, and another year. And we will talk to you next week.